Well, good evening. It's good to see you here tonight. Welcome to our evening service. I'm glad that you're here. Um, here's what we're going to do tonight. We're going to sing here in just a moment. I'll pray for us and we'll sing. And then uh, Brother Pat Munoz will come and share his testimony. And really excited to hear his story of what God has done in his life. And um, if you haven't heard his story, it's wonderful. And um, I love Pat and Sylvia. Um, there is, there's a lot of people that I know like this, but Pat just exudes Jesus and, uh, and I love that man. And, um, if you haven't had time to spend with him and Sylvia, you need to make sure you do that. They're wonderful, wonderful people. And so we're going to hear from him, um, tonight and then we'll have our invitation and then we'll close. So let me pray for us and then we will, uh, we'll worship together. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for the opportunity to gather together tonight, um, in this place. Thank you for the privilege it is to get to sing praises to your name, um, to hear from Pat here in just a moment about um, the grace um, that you have bestowed on him and calling him to yourself and um, and the, the fruit and the love that he has for you. Um, and so, Lord, I, I pray that you would speak through him tonight as he shares his story and that you would remind us that each and every one of us have a story of what you've done in our lives and we need to go and proclaim that and share it with others um, so that they can hear um, how good you are and hear the gospel in that. And so, Lord, be with us tonight. Thank you for this privilege to get together and to worship your name. And it's in your wonderful name we pray. Amen. Who doesn't need more from Jesus? All of us. I'm going to start by thanking you and the church for allowing me to be here today and sharing what God has been making with my life in the last 35 years. Uh, but before I would like to go to the scripture, only one verse, Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. The New King James Version reads, Being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. And this uh, scripture tells us that we are all a work in progress. I am a work in progress today. I do not stand here to pretend that the Lord is done with me, everything he wants to do with me. We are a work in progress, and I hope and pray that we all continue to let the Lord renew us and transform us. So my story is uh, simple, not spectacular. It's important for me because it's my story, and I don't like much to talk about myself. But it would be weird that talk about something else if I am sharing my testimony. So I, I have to speak about myself today, although I don't like it. It's not because it is important. What is important is what God does in anyone's life. I love the way uh, somebody expressed the transformation of Moses, and I don't pretend to compare my life with those saints like Moses or Abraham, but 
somebody said that, uh, that, you know, Moses lived for 120 years. And during the first 40 years of the life of Moses, he believed he was someone. Then he went to the desert, fleeing from the Egyptian justice. And then the next 40 years of his life, he, uh, he thought he was no one. And then he was called to lead uh, the people out of slavery. And then he learned what our Lord can make with someone that is a nobody. And uh, I consider myself being a nobody, and I'm here before you thanking the Lord to allow me to uh, come today here. Uh, I was born, my life has been kind of a roller coaster because I was born on June the 28th, 1953, so I'm about to be 66 years old. Very soon. And I was uh, born in a well-to-do family in the town of Merida, Yucatan, in the peninsula of Yucatan. And uh, my father, looking for a new perspective, perspective for the family, abandoned our hometown and went for look for a new life in Mexico City. So I was raised in Mexico City. When I was two years old, I, we moved to Mexico City. So I was raised there. I met Sylvia there after several years of that, of course. <laughs> and uh, uh, when my father died, I was uh, 10 years old. So it was very hard on us. So I uh, became so poor that when I tell uh, my friends or Anybody I can come across um, how poor I was, people don't believe. Because I know poor people, a lot of poor people, very poor people. But I don't know if you know people that has to uh, uh, walk in the street with barefoot because there's no money for a pair of, not say shoes, but say huaraches, which is <laughs> something very similar, like flip-flops in Mexico. So I that's the way I was. And I, and I started doing all kind of odd jobs because I, I lost my, my father. So from coming from a well-to-do family, I went all the way down and then up and down. And it's been wonderful because although I, although I didn't realize what was, going on, what was going on at that time, now I can be assured that the Lord has been with me all along. Every single step, when I was uh, a failure and when I was, quote, successful. Because I, I've been successful in a certain way. The loss of my father and the poverty we have to endure made me uh, uh, very uh, defensive because I was abused in every single way you can imagine. So I became extremely defensive to the point that I, I was aggressive. And that's, it's not that I was aggressive. I didn't look for trouble. 
but trouble found me very easily. <laughs> I had a short fuse. So I became so defensive that nobody can mess with me. And I became very violent. During my, my, my days of my youth, I was a kind of scary. Um, but that's the way I'm, I'm trying to defend myself and try to hide my fears by being aggressive. So, um, we, we were, uh, we grow, we grew in first the Catholic Church and then we went to several Christian denominations. I never pay attention to that. And then we ended up in the Episcopalian Church, the Anglican Church. And I was raised as an Anglican. But I didn't care much about church and I, I became very skeptic about anything supernatural as I grew up and I was uh, dealing with uh, uh, limitations and lack of education. I was in 16, 16 different schools from first grade to uh, uh, junior high school, 16 schools. So I lose interest in, in study. I just wanted to work hard and I did all kinds of jobs, all types of jobs. But when I was uh, of a certain age that I could start working seriously in the in the formal atmosphere, I entered the, the financial system when I was 18 years old. And uh, I did a long career there. And I became very, very, very successful. Uh, but I was totally skeptic. And I, I, I really believed that Nobody would pay attention to me and nobody would help me in any way. So I considered myself that I could uh, become a self-made man. And I did for a time. I didn't know at that time that that was the Lord sustaining me. So I thought that it was my brilliance or my intelligence or my work or my effort that I became successful and very, very Successful, but I was a skeptic. I didn't want to hear about God or any supernatural thing. And I was, um, well, I was a nice, but I was a very angry person. Sylvia won't let me lie here. She's, she's been my wife for 43 years about now. She looks younger than me, but, but she's been my, my only wife for 43 years. <laughs> she's not my daughter, okay? Yeah, sometimes we, someday we, we arrived to a hotel, uh, when we were in Lubbock, we went to a hotel in, in, um, where it was, in Ridolso, and they asked me for some documents, and I said, you cannot enter this hotel with this girl. Said, She's my wife. Ah, you're kidding me. The, I don't know if he was making a job, or a joke, or trying to be nice, but he did it. And I was, okay, finally they let us in. But, but I was, uh, I was a kind of, uh, not angry, but, but I was a difficult person. I was hard on my, my kids and also my wife. And she knows that part of my life perfectly. But being a skeptic, many people talk to me about the gospel, about Jesus, and I didn't pay attention. I mocked them for a time. And then, uh, one day I, came in touch with something that was very impressive. I'm not going to go into detail, but 
I didn't know at the time that it was from the dark side. I was a uh, new age. And it works. And I, I became interested in the supernatural. But the Lord was so good with me that he rescued me quite instantly from that error. And then when I was paying attention to the supernatural, somebody, uh, my, one of my brothers invited me to hear the gospel to Primera Iglesia Bautista de Ciudad Satélite, which is the first Baptist church of uh, part of Mexico City. And I went there and I got hooked. Absolutely. That day, the 21st of October, 1984, at 31 years old, I became saved. And I surrendered my life to Jesus and my life changed dramatically. I, I didn't realize uh, my life became, my, my wife became very defensive. She became very Catholic at that point because we were Catholics. And said, don't even think that I'm going to change my church. <laughs> I said, okay. I didn't, I didn't know what, what, what was going on, but I start changing a lot. And uh, Sylvia noticed that. And I didn't try to change. I was just changing because the Lord was within me, working in my heart. And I started changing and leaving things that were, were I was a business person. The time, the, by the time I became saved, uh, I was a, a sub-director of finances for a very large group of uh, companies, a very, very large group. And I was well paid, but I, I wasn't done. I, I kept, kept on progressing in my career a lot, much more than that. At that time, I, I was okay. I was doing okay. Uh, and I, as a business person in Mexico, the, the use was the eagle. You go to uh, meals all the time and have drinks and everything. And I started changing all the things without nobody telling me that I had to do some changes. I, I just felt that it was wrong. And it was the spirit working within me. Because the Lord convinced me that the, there was something more trans, trans, transcendent and important. And I, when I received Jesus, I didn't know. I was like, like John says, the wind blows where you don't know where and you don't know where you go. That, that was me for a time. And, uh, but I, I began serving the Lord. I began serving in, in so many ways in the church. I began participating in in the music, and I, my first minister was minister, minister of cables. Because we didn't have a, a, a building, and, uh, we have, uh, this large speakers, and we have, uh, cables in, in large, uh, I don't know, the word, but, but I, I carry those, and I have to go very early in the morning, put them on the side, and then go back to home which is very, very far from church, take a shower and then go back to church. But I started going to four services a day. First service at 6 o'clock, second service at 9, the third service at 11, and then the evening service. And I didn't miss anyone because I was on fire. And I, and I, and I hope I, I'm still on fire. I love Jesus with all of my heart. But but I start changing a lot of things and uh, in my business. I thought that it would be uh, not in my benefit to change those things like going to to have meals and have drinks. I was used to that. I, I'm not going to hide it. I, I used to drink a lot as a business person. And I started changing things. And I started doing different things. And I think it's, gonna, it's not going to be good for my career. Well, it was the opposite. 
something happened. I, I couldn't control it, but my career did like this. My career was like this. Then I became a Christian, and I, and I was called to serve very early in my, in my Christian life. I was clearly called to serve in a full-time basis. I didn't do it right away, but I knew I was called to serve in a full-time basis. It's very clear for me from the very first moment. And my career is this. Incredible. And uh, on the peak of my career, after several years, I, I became like a... There's no such thing here, but in my country... Uh, I became like a CEO for a large group of banks and and uh, and uh, stockbrokers and uh, insurance and large companies, and I was the head for five states. So I was very important, and they paid me very very good money in that time. And um, let me tell you, uh, I wouldn't change the sum of my best days in my whole life for one single day, the worst day in my career as as a servant of Jesus Christ. There's no comparison. So uh, the Lord did this, and uh, he was so patient because he called me to serve, and I was very clear that I was called to serve on a full-time basis. Maybe I wasn't ready. Maybe it was not my moment, but it took me several years to do that. In fact, I, I served the Lord for many, many years in several ways, but I, I didn't really surrender my life on a full-time basis. And that doesn't mean that everybody's called uh, to, to surrender for full-time. I was, and I'm sure about that. So I did... Uh, uh, a lot of things, and the Lord was so good that He allowed me to keep on progressing. So the 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 comparison between me uh, walking in the street with no shoes to become uh, <laughs> like a prince in my in my atmosphere uh, is, uh, is I'm not boasting, I'm not bragging. It's just my testimony. That's true. I used to 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 fly and in private planes and helicopters and have uh, uh, meetings with uh, CEOs of other companies and uh, governors. and Well, the Lord allowed me to do that, and I serve him in the church, and I serve him in every, in every place I did the work. But I knew that I was called to surrender my life. And finally, I did it. I did it a long time after that. I did it... Um, I was called by circumstances and the clear voice of God. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't. I don't uh, hear the audible voice of God often, but I've heard it very clearly. And I have no doubt He was calling me to serve. And then, when when He confirmed that He wanted me to come here to the USA, uh, was uh, 2002, and I came here in 2003 in Lubbock first, and I spent three years there, and we came with nothing, because we we all probably uh, almost gave away everything. We sold our things so cheap that my house was empty in less than a week. So we really, really everything went away in one week. 
So we came here because we want to burn the, the bridges. We, we want to look back. So when, when I got saved, my friends called me crazy because of my changes. So they confirmed that I was crazy when I decided to come here and, and surrender my... It was just a confirmation that they, they were suspicious about that. So the confirmation came when I surrendered. They told me, hey, can you serve God here? Yes, I can. Why don't you stay here? Well, the Lord is coming to go there. He's calling me to go there. But how do you know that? Well, I just know. So they don't, they didn't understand. They mocked me. They, they told me, hey, you have a plan B? What if, what if something goes wrong? And I said, I don't have a plan B and I don't want a plan B. Because there's no way to fail when you put your, your, your entire being in, in the hands of the Lord. There's no way to fail. There's no possibility, none to fail. God is perfect. God is almighty. God knows everything. There's no way to fail. Maybe for a time we feel that we're not very, being very successful. When we came to Lubbock, we started doing, Sylvia and me, we, we started suffering a lot from lack of money. The church that called me to come after Three months, I'll be, okay, bye-bye, we cannot support you any longer. I, I have no papers, we have no papers, we have no way of sustaining. This, it was the perfect excuse to go back, but but we were sure that we were called here, and we uh, we just stayed. For a time, we did uh, odd works again. At my old age, I started doing car wash in the streets, and uh, all, all, the, all the, all the, again, going down, but it's not going down really. It's uh, the chance to feel the presence of God in a, in a very special way. And um, it's been so joyful. The Lord has never abandoned us. Never. Then I started doing a master's degree at Texas Tech because there's the only way for, for us to stay legally here. I came in a tourist visa. No papers to work. So the only way to stay Serving in the church, that, that's called me, with no job in the church, we're still serving the church, was to, to do something different. So I was, uh, I had to do a master's degree in literature in Texas Tech. And I was about to finish the master's degree, and I was uh, projecting myself to another job in the academic. I didn't like that. I, I didn't come here to do that. And then another miracle happened. Uh, I was talking with somebody in Lubbock, and they offered me to help me have a better job. And Tex Pete, who's sitting over there, was passing by on his way to Amarillo. And uh, Larry Jones told me, hey, uh, there's a church in, in Belton that's seeking for a, for a person to start the Hispanic work. And I said, uh, okay. I don't know what Belton is. I never have an idea. And, and it was so nice because... After several months of coming, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna tell you the entire story because we can spend here the entire night. So I don't want to do that to you. But, but, uh, we're supposed to be talking like probably 15 minutes. And I don't remember, but I think we'll stay like three or four hours. And then we start the process with the church. We came, Sylvia and me came. And I was already enrolled to the doctoral degree because I had to. But I, I, I stopped that and I came here. And we didn't really research Belton. 
I said, I don't know Belton. I don't know anybody in Belton. I don't know what kind of town is that. So we came here and we didn't pay any attention to Belton. We, we probably knew four or five streets and that was it. And then we, we followed through the process and then the church graciously and finally the Lord took us in, in his precious hands and brought us here to this beautiful church to start the Hispanic War 14 years ago, almost 14 years ago, and we started, and um, it's been it's been really a wonderful a wonderful journey. It's been amazing. This church is really really something very special. So uh, uh, we came here, and uh, when we uh, when we stay here for three four months after that, we started going around Belton because we have to move. I didn't know anybody. The way we started is talking to people in the street and Walmart and say, hey, you want, you want to talk about the Bible? And we started. And and, and uh, then uh, um, I lost my train of thoughts. But uh, it was it was absolutely beautiful. So we, we did that and uh, the Lord was with us all the time. And uh, here we are. Uh, the Lord has been so patient with us. It's, it is amazing. We came here really with nothing. And I'm not complaining. I'm, I'm happy about it. We really didn't have nothing. And, uh, and I see people coming here to look for the American dream, which is a dream. Uh, probably some, some say that it doesn't exist. Well, I'm not going to discuss that, but but we didn't come here seeking for the American dream. But in this beautiful town, we have a beautiful house paid for. We came here 14 years ago with no nothing, and we have a beautiful house paid for. It was another miracle. God worked another miracle through Sylvia because we didn't have any money, and then. Uh, her family had some resources and we, we purchased the house where we live and stay for. Many people struggle for years and years and years. They cannot finish paying the house and I have my, my house paid for. <laughs> it's, a, it's a nice house in a nice neighborhood. Another miracle. And I can go on and on and on and on and on with miracles that the Lord was, has been working in, in our lives. But, also, we, we discover Belton as we start walking the streets and everything. And we say, oh, this Belton is a jewel. It's a, a hidden jewel. And if you really realize what kind of town is Belton, it's, it's quiet, it's beautiful, it's near a, a lot of places, nice people. It's amazing. And, and we didn't know anything about Belton and we didn't care because I was sure, and we were sure that the Lord was guiding us here. So, uh, I, I am so thankful with the Lord, and I, and I really don't deserve to be here today. I really don't deserve what I'm doing. I, I, I really don't deserve. I always tell the people of Dunham is now the people of the Hispanic ministry. I am not here because of 
who I am. I am here in spite of who I am. I'm here because of the grace of God, because of his mercy. I don't deserve to be the pastor of Hispanics. And I, and I probably am not doing the best job in the world, but I'm here. And I'm here and I'm thankful. And my, my life has been touched by the Lord. And I don't have any merit. And I don't have anything to brag about. And I don't have anything to boast. But I'm just thankful at this very moment that I'm here before you. Admitting that God has taken us from uh, far away and put us here. He didn't send us to Africa or, or to Kenya. Maybe because he knows me. He knows you're not good enough to go to those places. I'm going to put you in a wonderful place like Belt. So, it, it's, it's wonderful, the mercy of God, the, his goodness and his love for us. And he has done so many things. And we are still a working brothers. We, he's not finished with, with me. And he knows, he's not finished with any of you. And he is not finished with anybody who has professed Jesus in their hearts. We are all being renewed every day. We are all being transformed day by day. No matter our age, no matter who we are or what stage in, in our life we are, what profession we have of or color skin, we are all a work in progress because the Lord is always doing the work. This is the reason Paul tells to the Christians in Philippi, being confident on this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. And Jesus is coming. It may be today. But maybe tomorrow. But I want I want him to find me doing what he asked me to do. Better and better and better and better. Every day, please help us doing better. Maybe our ministry is not shining like others, but but we are here and we know we are doing what the Lord is leading us to do. And uh, someday we're going to get there and see the wonderful things that the Lord has done in so many lives around us that we don't even realize the the, the things that God is doing in, in every single life. Every person we touch. Every, every opportunity we have. There's no single opportunity in our daily lives when we touch somebody else's life with, with no purpose from God. Every person that comes to us for any reason is a chance. It's a divine appointment. It's a chance for us to, to say something or to, or to do something for them or for, to pray for them or help them or, or just be friendly. But the aroma of salvation of Jesus Christ flows from our lives. And the Lord is occupied. The Lord is in the business of transforming us and, and help us transform others so that every life is touched by him and transformed until he comes. 
and we are going to keep on being a work in progress until he comes. And I, I thank the Lord for giving me the chance of uh, changing my life. And I want to be better for him. I want to let him do whatever he wants to do with my life. Maybe he is going to ask me again. I'm comfortable now in Belton. Maybe tomorrow he's going to ask me, okay, it's over. You're going to somewhere else. I hope I have the courage to say, yes, Lord, I'm going to do whatever you ask me to do. Because I'm very comfortable now. I was not comfortable when I first came. But now I'm, I'm in my comfort zone. And maybe the Lord's going to ask me again to do it. And I only hope that I have the courage to obey. But we have to obey in every single... It doesn't have to be the great things. Go to Africa and start a new church. Go to go to Afghanistan or no. You can do that, of course. But we can do the, the, the quiet work of God every day in our lives. In Walmart here with our wife, with our children with our group of Bible study, with every person that the Lord put us in contact with. Because he's interested in transforming lives. My life has been touched and is far, very far. When I see my life in comparison with Paul and Abraham and Moses that I just mentioned, I feel embarrassed to compare my life. But the Lord is still working in me. And I, and I hope and pray that he's working in everyone that claims to be a Christian that say, Jesus is my savior. When Jesus came to our life, he changes. Sometimes the change is not as dramatic. Sometimes the change are very, the changes are very quiet. But the changes are, are effect, as effective, even if they are not as spectacular. We don't need to have Spectacular things, like like Elijah, Elijah in, in the Mount Horeb. He hears the the whistle quiet after the fire with the prophets. All spectacular. God was speaking to Elijah in a quiet voice, in the silent. And sometimes the work of the transforming work of God is silent within our hearts. And this church is is doing and I pray that we do more and more and more. Every one of us taking the challenge that spreading the news every day with our lives, with our mouth, preaching or teaching or serving or singing or whatever the Lord asks us to do, we do it with with the heart of letting the Lord touch other lives with our lives. Everybody needs Jesus. People without Jesus need Jesus. We that have Jesus, we need Jesus. Every day we need to know him more and more and more every day. Many times we don't know enough of Jesus being Christians. And Jesus is powerful to transform the way he transforms us from, from death to life. It's powerful to transform it in, in our everyday life in, in ways we sometimes don't get to see. So today, this testimony is really, really, it's not about me. I, I'm not interested in speaking about me. Of course, I have to do it because I don't have another story. 
If I have another story, somebody else come and share it, please. I would love to hear it. But this is my story. This is what, what God has been making in my life and in Sylvia's life. And, uh, and I would love to, to be sure that every person around us has Jesus in their hearts. So if, if somebody today has been touched by God to surrender your life uh, to Christ as a personal Savior, this is the moment of invitation. And if if you're a Christian already and, and God has called you to, to do something else, this is between you and God. I'm not going to mess with that. It's personal. So you, you just say, I'm here, Jesus. Maybe I've been not doing what I, I, as I did. I was not doing what God was asking me to do. So, God has his own way to talk to us, and uh, this is a special moment of calling to serve or to surrender your life to Jesus. So, uh, Matt and, uh, Kristen, they are gonna, uh, sing a song of invitation. And while they're singing, I'm gonna, uh, ask you to meditate upon the message of the gospel, the message of Jesus Christ, the person of Jesus Christ, and how much we all need it. We as Christians need to let Jesus to transform our lives.